listening to Chronicles of a Band Book Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? <laughs> Welcome to Chronicles of a Band Book. Welcome back. It's been so long. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you just hit next, and this is the next one, and we were... And we love you for to that. You like two seconds ago. We love you for we that. We do love you for that. So we're starting a new series a today. A new series, a new person, a new story. Ugh, it's which is your favorite? It's because yeah. it's about the greatest person besides Jesus in the Bible. Jeez, oh, that's a pretty high um, hype there. I hope everybody well, likes this. I really hope they do too, but it doesn't matter because I like it, oh, and so I'm it's excited all about, about you. it. It's it all is. About well, you. it's funny that you say that because. Well, you'll see that when you learn about it. But anyway, my name is Dave Hawks. Um, you can find me on social media, on Twitter, at Dave Hawks. Hawks like the bird, or like Tony Hawk without the S, with, with an S, because oh, Tony Hawk oh, doesn't have an got, S. Got confusing. And I do have an S. I got forgot, confusing. I forgot my own, my own tagline. And then on Instagram, at Dave underscore Hawks, because someone else took Dave Hawks, and I'm not happy about it. And we are still brooding over I will the never let it go. I'm, I'm coming for him. <laughs> And I'm Jillian. You can find me on social media at Jillian Haley, J-I-L-L-I-A-N-H-A-I-L-E-Y. Gotta spell that Jillian and Haley right. Wow, you just spelled your whole name. I did. Maybe I should start doing that. D-A-V-E-H-A-W-K-S. Nailed it. I, I, there's not like an easy way for me to say it, you know? Jillian, like, that's with a J, two L's, I-A-N. That's basically spelling my name. <laughs> but I was able to subtract one letter out oh, of it. Oh, okay. So nailed it. Thank you for saving that time You're for us. welcome. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about David. And yeah! um, let's David. just get in here. David. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. So here's the thing. We've got this guy. He is the first king ever of Israel, right? So he, the people said, we want a king. We're talking and about so, Saul. Yes, right? Saul. Okay, yeah. Not and David. so God said, Saul. here he is. Yes. Here he is. Here's this right. guy. They were like, um, everyone else has a king. We don't have a king. We want someone to lead us. We want someone to fight our battles for us. So give us some dude. And God was like, all right, here you go. Yeah. Saul. Well, he. I don't think he was too happy about it. Okay. Well, he. Yeah, but it happened. Yeah, it did. It. He listened to the people and he gave, he gave them a king. And so Saul was chosen. And um, as most of our kings on this podcast, he's a little off. He's a little, yeah. He just doesn't have it. He doesn't really know, you know. How to get real. Yeah. He just think about himself a lot of the time. Yes. Very self-centered. Um, makes some really bad decisions. <laughs> he makes a lot of poor yeah, choices. Yeah, yeah. Um, and really just doesn't follow God's word. And so what happens is you have these prophets that are in the Bible, and they're kind of, they pop up here and there to kind of Prof. help guide people. Yeah, they profit. They profit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not like money, dollar, dollar bills. <laughs> no. But uh, pro like giving the future prophecies, guiding through God's word. Right, That's right, right. kind of their job. So this prophet named Samuel, he comes and tells Saul, hey, you know, you've not been following God. You haven't been doing what not cool, you bro. should be doing. So what's going to happen is your kingdom's going to end and uh, the Lord's going to find a new king. Who's it going to be, though? <laughs> I, just, I think I, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> Let's know. learn. So, <laughs> so um, the Lord tells Samuel to go to this guy Jesse's house, and Samuel's scared because uh, Saul could find out that uh, Samuel's going to find a new king and could kill him, basically. Because right, Samuel's a prophet, right? Yes, Samuel's a prophet. God said, "Go to Jesse's house because you're going to go find the new king." Mm -hmm. And Samuel's like, "I don't want Saul to know because Saul is the current king, and he's like going to kill me and, if he finds out." Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. 
as most kings seem to do, you kings know, in this don't time like, period. Kings don't like to be replaced by other people. Of they really not. want to hold on to their throne. Do any of us really? That's true. We all want to hold on to our thrones. Exactly right. Getting deep. Wow. So anyways, um, Samuel goes to Jesse's house and he says, hey, Jesse, gather all your sons up. I need to take a looky-see and and see which one of these guys is a king. And we all kind of have like in our heads this idea of what a king would look like, right? I mean, handsome, strong, big beard, big muscles. Yeah, Yeah, in charge. So I think... You know, Jesse has this idea in his head as well. The dad, and he's gathering up all his sons, has this idea of who's going to be chosen king. Right. He's like, okay, here's probably the the top prospects kind of thing of my sons. So I'm just going to line up the ones that actually will probably be chosen. Exactly. So Samuel's looking over all these kids, and he's like, yeah, none of these are who God wants. Yeah, he's like, I don't like these guys. Like, these guys aren't the guys for me. These are scallywags. This isn't the ones God's picked. (laughs) Yeah. So he asked Jesse, do you have another son? Because I've been called here and yeah, I'm not seeing him. And um, Samuel says, yeah, I've got one more. He's the youngest and he's tending sheep. I didn't put him out because he's tiny. I really think he was important. No yep. <laughs> he's kind of the runt of the family. Oh, and tell me about it. You don't want him to be king. Yeah, exactly. Which is right. like messed up. <laughs> that like, is harsh. What dad does that? I know. What, I I'm not going to include my, my dad, son here. My dad was like, oh, no, you're not going to be king. You're not good enough. You can go yeah. feed the sheep. Yeah. So um, anyways, basically what happens is in Hebrew families, it was a big deal to have a bunch of kids. Like if you had a bunch of kids, you were you were well blessed by God. You right. were seen as like a very prominent kind of family. Mm-hmm. And so and you can imagine that because fertility issues, uh, giving birth, things right, like that. That right. was they didn't have the medical. Right. Uh, advantages we had today. So you have your oldest son who is probably going to be the clan leader when the mm-hmm. father dies. You've got um, the seventh son, which is the number seven. So he's considered a huge blessing. Interesting. Biblical numbers. The number seven yeah. is like a big it's like blessed number. It's like God's number or something. I don't we know. We can talk about, yeah, <laughs> we can talk about another time because uh, <laughs> I don't have enough background right. information. But David was definitely not the seventh son. Right, right. He's the eighth. And so apparently the eighth son's like literally forgotten and seen as a servant. Um, so he's doing shepherding, which is pretty much one of the lowest jobs you can possibly do. Um, and so he's out there shepherding and... Um, Jesse goes gets him, and Samuel says that's him. And Samuel anoints him to be king one day. Wow! It says the spirit of the Lord came upon David, and David was anointed. Mm-hmm. What would that be like? As like the eighth like child, you've been taught your whole life like you're, you're not nothing. important, you're not going to be anything, and then all of a sudden some random dude comes up to your house and's like, yep. "Hey, just FYI, God has chosen you to be king after Saul." And that's nuts. And then, like that's the greatest. That's like, you but know, then also like go back and shepherd because that's true. You're not king. That's like Hagrid walking into the house and be like, yeah, Harry, you're a wizard. wizard. <laughs> but, but then stay, Harry, the, but, but stay then with the Harry never gets to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd exactly. be tough. That'd be tough. Great example from well, a satanic book. Appreciate it. The good that. thing is, is that <laughs> David eventually will get his time. Oh yeah. To shine. Oh yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, would you like to, would you, that, what a segue. Well, thank you. I was about to say, yes, because now would you we, like come to lead to, us into that? we come to my favorite story of all time. Really? Yes. And this is, okay, so this is like the most famous story in the saga True of David, that. obviously, right? David and Goliath. 
Um, and I feel like this this is a story that everybody just like it's so like basic, like so cliche that people are like, oh yeah, David and Goliath, whatever. Right. Like okay, it's little guy kills big guy. But like think about it. This is like the original underdog story. And think about every movie you've ever seen, every anything about the dude who was unlikely, the person who's unlikely to succeed, and then they succeed and everyone's happy and it's like everyone yeah, loves that, right? Ruby. And like right, like this is the this is the foundation of all those things. And mm-hmm. so if you actually like look into the story and you really like understand the like the practical reality of what's going on here, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's unreal. So Kind of fast forward, I don't know how much time has passed, um, but Saul is is king now, and he has picked a fight with the Philistines, which is the dumbest idea that he's ever had, because at this point in time, the Philistines are basically like the most fierce fighting machine in the whole region. They're the only people that had iron technology versus everyone else had like bronze technology, so they have like the better, superior stuff. And so they're they're at war with the Israelites and Saul. And so they're at this place um, in the Valley of Elah. And so this is where this 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 is where the battle is going to go down. So Philistines are on one side, the Israelites on the other side, and then there's this like valley in the middle, and there's like a little brook that goes on um, in the bottom of it. And so like this this battle is going to take place. Um, now the problem is that Saul has a giant problem, no pun intended, <laughs> because there is a dude um, on the other side, and his name is Goliath. And so um, I'm just going to read you this right right out of Samuel, First Samuel 17. It says a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. Think about that for a minute. Okay, so a lot of people like will just say this is not true. Like a lot of people are like that's not possible. Like no, everyone in the ancient world is like super Shorter, small. Like there's yeah. no way. Which, first of all, that just like points out like how easily we dismiss things that we don't like. But according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the tallest man who lived in America, who died, I think in like the 1940s, he died at eight feet eleven inches. Okay, so we know this is true. We know that people can get this tall, um, and just because it's in the ancient world doesn't mean that it's not true. Um, and so then, then you have to compare it to the average Israelite, who the average Israelite is about five foot six. Okay, okay. so. Think about that, like nine feet tall, like four feet taller than everyone else. And then Saul, who's like six foot two. So Saul's like the big guy, right? Like we, we, we learned that earlier. He's the king. He was like the guy that was like, yeah, he's the strong, burly man. What? Awesome. So that's what happens. And then a little bit more about Goliath. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he wore a coat of scale armor that weighed what the Bible says is 5,000 shekels, which according to my research is about 125 pounds. So for those of you who go backpacking and carry like 40, 50 pound packs, you're like, that's a lot. Mm. This dude is so big that his armor, the armor that he wears just into battle all the time is 120 pounds. Insane, man. I'm pretty sure like even the I Navy can't bench seals, that. I know. Like, <laughs> like, that's almost as much as I weigh, yeah. right? Like, I that's, wish that's that was un- true for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's unreal. Like the Navy SEALs, that's I think, insane. carry like 80 pound packs. And this dude's got 125 pounds carrying him. Um, right. And so like, and then his spear, it says his spear is about 16 pounds. Have you ever thrown a shot put? I have. And I sucked at okay, it. Okay. I, I tried to throw one and it. I did not go as far as I wanted it to. <laughs> yeah. This dude's spear is 16 pounds or like a sledgehammer. If you ever like swung a sledgehammer, I would encourage all of you burly men out there to go home, Please get do. your sledgehammer and just see how far you can Absolutely. like throw it. See if you could get it across your lawn manly. because I guarantee you that you probably can't. And if you can, bravo. But this dude, he's like the real deal, right? Like he is the most formidable type 
you know, enemy. And also send us your throwing sledgehammer videos. Send us videos at Band Chronicle yes, on social exactly media. Right. We'd love to see, that. to see that. that. That's so entertaining. Yes. yes. So back to the story. Goliath, what he does is he walks out of the, he kind of walks out from the lines of the Philistines. And what he says is, send one of your men, men to come fight me. And if he wins, then we will become your subjects. But if I win, then you guys will become our subjects. Um, and this is what back then is called like representative battle. Because basically when you go into war in ancient times, it's mostly hand-to-hand combat. And when you do hand-to-hand combat, everybody gets hurt, right? Some people get killed, some people get maimed or whatever, but like everybody gets hurt. So what they would do to kind of like avoid everyone getting injured for no reason, they would say, okay, we're just going to send out two champions, one from each side. They'll fight, they'll represent their entire army, and then... Whoever wins, the other people just surrender, and that way you don't, like, injure everyone for no reason. So that's what's happening, um, and that's what Goliath's asking for. And and you also have to know that this has been going on for 40 days, okay? So Jeez. they have been <laughs> lined up at this valley for 40 days. Talking smack. Talking smack, right? So they, like, line up, they, like, beat their chest, do this war cry, and they're like, this is what's going on. And yet everyone's like, nah, I don't want to fight him. Gotta edit you out, Chris. <laughs> Actually, look at the honor there. Does it work? Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate Did I give it. You the right one? Yes. I had two in my hand already. Yes, this is me. <laughs> Thank Thanks you so much, man. <laughs> okay. Can you remember where you were? Yeah, I know. Okay, good. <laughs> so this is happening for 40, 40 days. Every time Glass shows up, someone come fight me. And all the <laughs> Israelites look around. Like... They're like, are you going to do it? No, not me. I'm not going to do it. Heck no. So we've met the giant. This is the bad guy. But. It's time to meet the hero, David. So, because we know that they've been up there for 40 days, that means someone needs to bring them food, right? These armies are up here. They're not fighting yeah. anyone. They need to continue to be healthy and stay for alive. like, after a few hours. Exactly. Even, <laughs> after, like, a, a couple. Not even. Yeah, if I go a day without eating, like, Like, somebody bring me food. Um, so, so, what happens is people, like, family members or people who are not fighting bring food to the soldiers. And so, David has three brothers that are fighting in the war. And so him as a shepherd, what he does, what he would he would go home, he'd get food, and he'd bring it up into um, his brothers, um, and then he'd go back and kind of do it over and over again. And so one day he's got there, um, and he's talking to his three brothers, and all of a sudden uh, Goliath comes out. And he does his, like, usual, like, send your men over, like, make, like, like it's time to fight. Like, Come send someone some over. Come get some of this. And, um... David hears him. Okay, so now David is kind of a part of the story. He's yeah, like, he's, he's a part involved. of what's going on. And he sees all the Israelites like run in fear, right? Men who are older than him, stronger than him, men who like were told you're equipped to fight and you're not equipped to fight. And he's watching these men, these people that are, you know, better than him, so to speak. And they're all scared and they're all running. So what's David going to do? So all these Israelites are talking to each other. They're encouraging encouraging each other you need to fight because this is what happens so Saul is so terrified of what's going on that he has made a promise that whoever fights and kills um, Goliath is going to be rewarded with riches with money he's gonna they're gonna get to marry Saul's daughter and they're going to be exempt from taxes for the rest of their life well that alone (laughs) right right like I don't care if I get to like you get to marry the princess you get to be rich and you don't have to pay taxes on all his money Right, so Saul's bribing his his men, right? Yeah, and so all these people, get up there. right? All these people are are like, we need to go fight. And David looks around. And he's like, okay, everybody is talking about like you need to go do it for yourself. But David has a really kind of different perspective. So all these Israelites, all these like soldiers, they're kind of talking about like, okay, is it worth the risk for me? Right? Like, okay, I could go and fight him. I could die. 
but I could also, right. you know, with some luck, kill him, and then I'm going to get all these things. And David looks at it, and he kind of has a different pr- perspective. He kind of looks at he looks at it and says, "Well, here's the deal: like, not only is Goliath coming out and like accusing um, Israel of being nothing, he's also accusing our God of being nothing." And David, who we know has a really great per- like relationship with God based on all the Psalms that he's written. We, David's like, I'm not going to put up with that. Like, that's not okay. It's, it's not, like a, it's not your mama joke. Right. It's not okay. <laughs> right. It's like, not that's okay. Not okay. Not okay. And he's like, this has to be dealt with because Goliath is a disgrace, not to just to Israel, but to God himself. Um, and so he's like, we're going to, we're going to, something needs to happen. Right. And so because David says this, it's going to get back to Saul, right? Like for the last 40 days, Saul's probably been walking up the ranks, looking at everybody like, Somebody's going up. to step up. And you know, like, yeah. you know, like when you don't want to be called on, you like look you down. You look away. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's kind of like when you're on like the Southwest flights and you're by yourself. <laughs> yeah. And like they've announced every seat's taken. And so like you see this like big, like burly dude walking down. So you're like looking away, looking away. Like yeah. don't sit next to me. Don't next. And then you see like this small petite person come. You're like, like you look at them and like, smile. And like, oh, look at this nice place. <laughs> I've for got you to cookies. Sit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so this is what's happening. Right. So. Saul, so everyone's like, oh, David's talking about stepping up. And if this, if everyone's saying no, so this, word gets back to, gets back to Saul. And so Saul calls David in. Now you can imagine how disappointed Saul is going to be when he sees a little <laughs> tiny boy yeah. walk into his tent, yeah. right? He's not wearing armor. He's not a warrior. He's tiny yeah. and he smells like sheep, right? Yeah. So all these people have the been saying part. no. And yet David's here and he walks in confidently. And this is what David says. He goes up to Saul and he says, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. So David's saying, I'm going to do brave. this. Like, like super all your brave. Other people, like, don't worry about it. Like, I will do it. And except Saul's like, no, no, no. Okay. First of all, you're only a boy. This man, right? Goliath has been trained to kill people his entire life. There's no, there's no telling how many people he's killed over this time. Um, so no, you're not going to do this. But David's not going to put up with that. So he starts to brag a little bit or... Well, he, he actually kind of draws on what he's done, kind of his past, past victories. He says, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Now, I don't understand this like strategy because he's basically saying, um, I can do this, Saul. I'm a shepherd um, because it's not really impressive at first to think <laughs> about like, oh, you're a shepherd. But once you actually learn why shepherding is like, it's actually pretty Hardcore, crazy. Right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you asked. So David says, when a lion or bear came and carried a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, rescued it from rescued the sheep from its mouth, and when it turned to me, I seized it seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Like what? If you if I saw a lion has a sheep, I'm gonna be like, have fun with that dinner. Bye. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not right, go like after like it. two separate occasions, he's saying, "Hey, I had a lion come up to me. I had a bear come up to me. Both times, and I took them on. It came and it took the sheep away. And instead of just sitting with my other sheep and be like, all right, that's fine. Yeah, I ran after it. I not only freed it from the lion or bear, but after it, and the and when it turned on me, I killed it." Right, uh, not like with his bare hands. Right, like not like oh, I hid behind a stone and like just threw rocks yeah. at it till it went away. Like I took it by the hands, grabbed it by the hair, and killed it. That's a man, right, right? there. Right. So David ran mm. into the thick of like the battle, in between the sheep and this lion, and he rescued it. He did that twice. Right, the most terrifying animals in all of Palestine, <laughs> yeah. really in all of the world. Um, and he's like, yeah. I did this. So while being a shepherd might not seem super impressive. It was. It's pretty clear he's a baller, right? It, like, he's, yeah, he's the man. Yeah, yeah. So Saul says, okay, go. Lord be with you. 
So, so um, he's thinking, yeah. okay, if I'm sending this boy in a battle, I need to protect him. So he, he gives Saul his own tunic. He, I mean, he gives David his own tunic. He gives him all of his armor. And then David starts to walk around. And it's not really working out. Right, like Saul has put all of his like best armor on, and Saul's Custom like six fitted, foot probably. three, six foot two, yeah. and David's like probably somewhere between five one to five six, right? Because yeah. he's smaller than the average yeah. um, Israelite, and so it's not working, right? And David says, "I can't go in these, right? Like I'm not used to them. It's heavy." So he takes it off. Donkey. Right, David doesn't have any armor. He's it's cl- like wearing rain boots. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, oh, well, there's a brook down in that valley. So just give me some rain I mean, boots and I'll, I'm good to go. Rain boots are so awful to wear. Exactly. Can you imagine? Like, it's ridiculous. It's like that. Saul, I mean, Saul has all this armor, right? Like, David's clearly the underdog because he doesn't have any of this stuff. Saul's got it. Who's He's he's the biggest in the whole army. He's got that yeah. armor is probably the greatest, the it. highest quality armor of all time. It's probably a perfect fit, right? Like, he's king. And like he was the one that, like, Israel begged to be king. And yet... He's the one who's allowing this little boy to go out and fight. Interesting. Um, And this is like the epitome of underdogs. And I actually want to share. So I found this quick, quick quote from Malcolm Gladwell, who like wrote a book about underdogs. And like he used the story and he says this. And I think this is genius. And it's so true. And I might get this tattooed someday in my life, even though it's way too long. He said, (laughs) there is a set of advantages that have to do with material resources. And there is a set that have to do with the absence of material resources. And the reason the underdog wins as often as they do is that the latter is sometimes every bit as equal as the former. So he's saying there's also an advantage to not have everything going for you, mm-hmm. right? Like there are some people who have everything going for them and that's a great advantage. And then there's also people who have nothing going for them and that can provide an equal advantage. And so do you think that's true, Jillian Haley? I do. I like that. Yeah. Why do you think that's true? Well, I mean, if you have nothing to lose, right? Right. I mean, why not go for whatever you want? I think it's like it's like when when their parents who are like, "Oh, I had such a tough life. Yeah. I I had to grow Walked up in the hill both ways. Right, uphill both ways. <laughs> I didn't have shoes. I had yeah. to, you know, wipe yeah. my feet with, you know, paint like paper and like cover them up cuz I didn't have anything." And then they're like, "So because I had to go through that, I'm going to make sure that my kids never experience that." Yeah. Here's a Mercedes. All right. And so they give them everything. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. think about it. We live in the most, the richest and the most Convenient. successful yeah. place in the world of all time. And yet we are the most unhappy that we've ever been. Yeah. We're little whiny babies. Right. And so. First world problems. Right. And so when you have, ev- <laughs> when you're given everything, when you have everything, you don't ever have to learn how right. to like persevere through things. You never have to learn how to like take responsibility or like be confident or have courage because you never needed it. If you had everything going for you, you don't learn those character qualities. And in the same way, if you have nothing going for you, you have to learn those character qualities. You have to learn how to be, like, awesome and, like, take courage and, like, be confident and have focus. Because if you don't, there's no way you're going to be successful. So that's why I think this underdog story is so cool. So that was a little sidetrack. Anyway, back to the story. So David's ready to go, right? He's not wearing his armor, but he has a staff and he has a sling. And so he goes down to the brook and gets five smooth stones and then puts them in a shepherd's bag and heads toward the Philistines. Now, this isn't like a slingshot, right? You know how, like, in, like, yeah, as a kid, yeah, yeah. we had these things. This is a sling. Yeah. So it's literally <laughs> just a, a, like, a little piece of leather attached to, like, a long string. And the, the longer the string is, the better, like, the more centrifugal force you have when you, yeah. like, swing it above yeah. your head. And so the more power you get behind it. Um, and so it can really do some damage. So for all the people who are like, there's no way this story's true. Like, slingshots don't hurt people. I had one when I was seven. 
Damn, yeah, I didn't know no. they sounded like that. On, on someone sounded like that. No, like this is legit, real <laughs> weapon, like real things can happen. So he has all that. He's ready to go. He steps out from the lines of the Israelites and goes to meet Goliath. Now, can you just imagine this for a second? I would have pee-peed. Right, but like, <laughs> okay, well, that's good to know. <laughs> like he, like, think about if you were Goliath. Like you're the huge like, dude. It's like if you the... like, it's like going to play like basketball with like six year olds. Mm. It's like you step out and you're like, I'm ready to go. And then like this like okay. six year old yeah. like kid comes out and he's like, you're gonna fight him. And so Goliath looks at him like makes fun of him. He curses at David. He curses at God. And then says he's going to give his flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Jeez. So that's like him smack talking. But David does some, that's some smack good talking. smack talking. David's gonna come back with something even better. And I'm just gonna read it because I think it's like too good not to. I don't want to ruin it. He says, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give you, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Mic drop. Like, what? <laughs> He's like, I'm going to cut off your head and then... You're not going to give my body to the birds and wild animals. I'm going to give, give all yours. of yours uh, to the uh, to the birds uh, and wild animals. Yeah. So that's crazy, right? Like, let's kind of recap what's what's really happened. There's one line on this side. There's one line on this side, right? On either side of the valley. They're all beating their chest like, oh, we're going to take you down. And then Goliath steps out, right? Like the sea parts. And then like Goliath steps out as their champion. And then everyone on the Israelite side gets super quiet, right? They're like, oh, no, here we go again. But then... I don't think the Israelites had to part as much because David just kind of slipped through the cracks. But David steps out and he's like, I'm going to fight. And then all of the Philistines get super quiet. And we know they got quiet because everyone was able to hear the conversation that was happening between David and Goliath. Right. So this conversation is clearly heard from everyone on both sides, which Mm -hmm. means they weren't talking. They were like they were really paying attention to, to what was going down. And that's crazy. So then David starts running. David just takes off and charges Goliath. He charges towards the Philistine lines into the jaws of death. David swings his sling, releases the stone, it hits Goliath right in the forehead. He staggers and then falls face down. Now, I don't know if he was dead yet, but it doesn't really matter because David gets to him and he's probably looking around because he was like, I just said I'm going to cut off your head. I don't have a sword. We know he doesn't have a sword. So he probably picks up Goliath's sword, chops off Goliath's head and picks it up, holds it. Right towards Heck, the Philistines. Yes. So like this is like the most glorious moment. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like it was like completely frozen. Everyone's like, <gasps> did that just happen? Yeah. And then what? finally the Israelites yeah. get the excited. And they're like, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they, tr- they fall in David's suit. They like run past him. David's sitting there holding like Goliath's head as everyone's like flying past him towards <sighs> the Philistines. Yeah, yeah. And victory was won. And David had the courage and took down Goliath. And the ultimate underdog story guy. came to life when David cut off a giant's head and then held it up for everyone to see. And victory was won. And the Philistines were defeated. And David rules all. Well, not yet. Well, he's going to get there, but... <laughs> lots oh, of, lots of running to do. Such a good story. He's, yeah, he's got a lot of... He's got a little rabbit, you know... Speaking and, of uh, good stories, we have a few more minutes left. Why don't you tell us about what happened with your nose? <laughs> What are you talking about? Oh, no. Okay, guys, here's the deal. So for those of you who remember, I got my nose pierced uh, about a week ago, a little more than that. Um, it hurt a lot when I got it done. And, I, you know, I persevered. 
right? Like, I, instead of crying, <laughs> I wasn't crying. I released One my tier. emotions One so tier. that I could persevere. That's what I like to say. Anyway, three days later, I, uh, the first two nights I go to sleep, no, pr- no problem. Like, I was worried that, you know, it would hurt my nose and, like, I wouldn't be able to sleep, but it was fine. Anyway, third morning, I wake up and I go to the bathroom and I'm, like, walking out of the bathroom and I like, go up to touch my nose and the ring is not there. The nose stud is gone. It's missing. Panic. And I am freaking out yeah. because I'm like, oh, no, yeah. I haven't had this in long enough. There's no way my nose hasn't closed up already. Who knows how long it's been out, right? Like, it might have fallen out, like, in the middle of the night, so it's had yeah. hours and hours to, to close up. And it's also, like, when you wake up and you don't really know, like, you haven't, <laughs> yeah. like, your vision hasn't, like, yeah. happened. Yeah. Like, you haven't gotten it all back. So, like, I run back to my bed, and I'm like... Searching, desperately, so I, like, pull, yeah. Like, like throw, tiny little ring, a tiny, exactly. it's tiny, tiny. Little, I'm throwing yeah. blankets, throwing pillows, and then I finally find it. I'm like, oh, thank goodness! You know how much of a miracle that is? I know there are b- probably a billion nose rings in my house that have been undiscovered. <laughs> yes, well, I lose them all the time. Yep, it's I, like luckily I found it. I mean, it's pretty thick, so it wasn't like too bad. And it's like the whole like nose, it's all one piece, so like it wasn't too bad. And I like find it, and I'm like, and I'm like shaking because I'm like so nervous, and like mm. it's morning, and so like I'm shaking. I go back into like the the mirror, and I like look at my nose, and my vision's still pretty blurry to where I can't really see if there's a hole in my nose or not. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna guess where I thought it would be and re-pierce my nose in this moment. Gosh. How bad did it hurt? And so it's oh, it oh, we'll get there. So I like pull, I like poke my nose, and like I can't really see, so I'm just kind of poking my nose, and I can't feel a hole anywhere. I'm like, oh I don't really gosh, know. Dude. And so then I just like, I finally like, I finally kind of catch a crease. And I'm like, oh, that's probably where the hole was. So I just push and I push and it hurts so bad. But I was oh, so terrified no. of going back to, I didn't want to have to go back and start all over. So I like get it halfway through my nose. And then I realized that I haven't cleaned it. Like, right. Like they tell you, like, don't get infected. And I was like, I haven't like washed my hands or like cleaned it this or anything. Like it's been in my bed. Like I haven't done my laundry in a while. Like it's probably got some stuff on it. So then like halfway through re-piercing or like pushing through like an almost closed hole, I pull it back out, get one of the swabs that they have, like swab the thing, swab my nose. And then I like put it back in and like, I can't tell if it's all the way through. I can't tell if it's like halfway through my nose because it's like a weird shape where you have to like push it yeah, in one like way a, and then push it in the other way. It's a corkscrew, isn't yeah, it? It's like okay, a weird, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like an L at the end. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't really know how to like really push it in. And I'm still shaking. Like my hand is shaking on my nose and I can't get a good grip on it. And like my hands are sweaty. And so I finally like, I can't tell if it's through my nose. So I like look up, like I like face my nose up in the mirror. And so I, I can see that it's through. So then I calm down and I just like let myself calm down because I know that is at least still pierced yeah and then after i like calmed down i like pushed it through and then like finally got it in but it was like oh it it was more painful than getting it done the first time not like the pain itself but it was more like yeah it was more like consistent pain for like a long time because it's not sharp in your nose ring i know and the worst part was i i lost two hours of sleep because i couldn't go back to sleep after that (laughs) so what time was this this was like 7.30 7.30 in the morning. Oh, oh you poor baby. I know. Wake right? up. I know. <laughs> the worst part Gosh. is I couldn't go back to sleep for another two hours. Golly. But that was the sad story of... So you are still a bad boy as of today. I am, and I can't wait Thank to get my, God. my hoop, but I still have to wait another three weeks. Unless you want to re-pierce it again, go through that fun. You know what? Every moment... There's always a couple of days where I'm like, I get more comfortable like touching it and playing with it. And so I feel like it's like healed and then like Remember what that guy told you? Yeah, don't trust it. Mhm. And then I realize that it still hurts. 
But I do play with it more and more every day. Mm. It's kind of fun. Get infected. I know. That's okay. I've, I've cleaned. I clean every day, so we're good. Well, not only did you get one good story today, but you got two good and stories the today. Main character to both those stories was David. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's the real right. takeaway from all that. this. That's why David's the best. He's got the coolest <laughs> name. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. We got a little bit of gore with a chopped off head. That was fun. And a pierced nose. So. That's just been your bloody day. Yeah, coming day. up in, in David, you're going to hear about ghosts and adultery and rape. Yeah. It's going to get interesting. And murder. So get ready. It's harsh. Yeah, come back. Check so, out the second episode. That's been today on Chronicles of a Band Book. Follow us on <laughs> Band Chronicles on Twitter and Instagram. B-A-N-N-E-D-C-H-R-O-N-I-C-L-E-S. Jeez Louise. Uh, it's, there's no S. Oh, yeah, not Ben Chronicles. You and your just ben Chronicle. I know. Add right? well, it's because my last name has an S, so I'm just used to it. Anyway, thanks so much. Bye. See ya. Bye.